Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Redo for 2018 uh, with John Yang and me, Margot Sito. Happy 2018, and this is episode 11. Today, we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, as opposed to the boring stuff we talk about. Uh, John, what are we going to talk about today? Um, we're going to talk about, well, first, we're going to review 2017 because it's so stellar for both of us. Uh, we made a mind map last year that we're going to cover real fast. We're going to talk about my recent trip to New York. We're going to talk about your new work life. And then we're going to go right into our fashion um, because we have a lot of opinions about fashion that we need to share with the world. Um, Very important. Yes. Yeah. But a little tidbit that I want to share with you uh, for podcasting is that I, I read this quote that says, in male speech, um, people who say um or uh is one out of 50. For females, it's one in out of 70. So Really? You'd think that vocabulary density or what, whatnot would be higher for females, but does that mean that we are more articulate? And better speakers? You're definitely more articulate. You're definitely better speakers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you agree with this, by the way? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing um is, part? I say um a lot because I edit us, and I notice that I mm. say um way more than you do. You don't say um very much, actually. So, very impressive not, job. But I, hmm, hmm. You're doing a very professional job. I hope so. I do, in, in my regular speech, I've noticed I've, I say like a lot more now, and I think that's from having, you know, being back in California. Yeah, for like, a long like time, maybe um, is a different story. But um, mm -hmm. for um, I say um all the time because, you know, I, I heard that it just makes you think. It's kind of part of your thinking right, process. You, you speak very quickly as well. So it's like your, your mind is going. So you're thinking out loud. I'm speaking before I think to. about it. This is the problem. So I should try to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> are there techniques as to how to do that? Yeah, there's or like public speaking or you just learn how to do that. I mean, here's sure. the thing. I, you know, sometimes I do have to do public speaking, but it's never, I'm never good at it. So it's not fun. I don't think I really noticed your ums. Thank you. Which, uh, yes, you're welcome. I edit them all out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even right now, I'm like, is John saying it? I just like. Um, yes, yeah, so there we go. Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's let's cover That's 2017. Let's take five minutes. Let's yes. go through 2017. We made a really extensive mind map. Um, let's go through yours first. What, what have you accomplished this year out of your mind map? <laughs> right. Well, if you may... If you've listened to previous episodes of The Redo, we did have a sort of a mid-year review of our mind maps as to how far we had gotten. And so I'd like to say that my progress between our last check-in and now is uh, it's not that much. We agreed that we could kind of have the same mind map for this year versus last year. But that said, we still have done a lot. Not all is lost. There is still... 2018. Let's take this take this year by the balls or whatever. Um, but my mind map, I tried to make simple because I was I felt like I was so behind in just certain life things that things that would be simple for other people were a big deal for me. Such as oh, let me learn how to drive again. Uh, let me work again. <laughs> Skills, yeah, <laughs> I see that. Relearn how to drive. I see that. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I think when we checked in. I had technically relearned how to drive. Like I'd hired the same driving teacher I'd had when I was a teenager. And then I had rehired in my 20s and then did it again <laughs> last year. And every time he's like, you don't need more lessons. You just have to practice. And I'm like, cool. And then I don't. So I've been practicing a little bit with my boyfriend's car. It's very nice of him. Um, driving around Treasure Island a little bit, a little three-minute drive to the cafe that's on the island. Or One time I drove from his house to my house. Crazy. One time. Wow. Uh, Daring. With, with his supervision. You know, freeway it's far. and stuff. Yeah. I know. Thank you. So it's been like half, half accomplished. Um, oh, I, I did finish my inve invest, my investments. That's actually, that's your investments. Mm -hmm. oh. I mean, they're not even super crazy or complicated. It wasn't hard to do. You're investing in Bitcoin. But it was like, no, I haven't. Oh, have you? No, don't do it. Although my friend <laughs> is mining Ethereum in my garage. 
Oh, wow. Well, I mean, if you're getting them for free, I suppose it's okay. I'm not getting anything for free. He's getting it using my garage because, you know, he has too many rigs at his house and sending his electricity bill too high. So he's spreading around to our friends. So he's like, I'm going to put this rig in your house. Um, It's so quiet. It'll warm your house up. That's not true. So I made him put it in my garage. So I'm mining. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. Like a bit. I'm not unfamiliar. I'm not unfamiliar with pyramid schemes, let me just say. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if I should inquire about this more. Maybe it's for a different time. Yeah, a different time. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. So you get some investments in. Mm hmm. Like kind of simple as connected to your bank, like, oh, you should do this. I'm like, okay, uh, I gave up on trying to do them myself because I'm lazy. Right. And so I decided, you know, okay, I'll just pay a certain percentage. Boring adult stuff, but very necessary. No. It's like the very least I can do for being the bum. I mean, it's great I, that you I have not be a bum. Right. Well, you know what? I'll, part of it is because I've never had a job that gave me stocks or a 401k or anything. I've always had to set up everything. Sure. By myself at the you know at the urge of my father <laughs> of sure. course because I'm a teenager um, so it's like the very least I can do to try not to starve in the future because the future is very scary and it's very soon it be it's very sudden it's around the corner yes exactly totally so better to be prepared so that's a one grown up thing that I did which is good I did not move out um, <laughs> let's see did not finish my memoirs but I did work more on my website etc. Because I was playing for that impossible New York Times travel job, which we will talk about later yeah. um, on this pod. When we get to our and travel section. Yes, yes. I did a lot of relationship progress, which is good. Still going well. And then in terms of working again, technically I did work again, but not still kind of getting back into the whole career track. Basically for um, December, I was like, dang, I just need to like, okay, I need to like just do something for now and then keep on applying. So I went back to catering for the holiday season. As some of you may know, I'm a hospitality industry veteran. How, how, did, you, <laughs> like, how did you just jump back in? You're like, I'm just going to start doing mm-hmm. hospitality again. Like, you know, like you're like, how did you get these catering jobs? Oh yeah. So there's this, okay. So I guess this is like an endorsement early in the show. There's this app called Instawork. That started in San Francisco, but it's in a few California cities and Pacific Northwest. It's supposed to be national at some point, but it's essentially like a LinkedIn, but for food and beverage hospitality jobs. And it's all through your phone. So, of course, once you do the legwork of like uploading your resume and typing in your jobs manually, your photo, et cetera, you can, you can tap old coworkers or bosses for references. Um, it's super easy and very convenient. I was like, I would recommend it to anybody who's still in the industry or wants to get into the industry because you can, your filters can be geographic. Like I want to work at places close to me. How fast are you getting the jobs through that? You uploaded things and then like two days later, you're starting to get jobs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone else I know who's done it is like, has the same, same stories about how quick, how quick it works. Mm -hmm. Um, a filter can also be for time posted. So like if you you get a fresh job that's posted an hour ago, you can be one of the first applicants, but it's anything. The interesting thing is that it's, it's anything from like dishwasher, busser, you know, server, bartender, host, all the way up to like fine dining, general manager, or even restaurant office positions. So I think it actually has been around for a couple of years. I just, I didn't know about it. Do they pay you through the app? Uh, no, but they can endorse you like, oh, they liked you after this interview and that stays on your profile so that if you apply to future jobs, you know, they can see how awesome you are. Or if you don't show up to an interview, I think that shows on your profile as well. So yeah, you get, you can message, there's a messaging function, interview, scheduling interviews is super easy. So yeah, that was like awesome. I would recommend it. Insta work. Um, insta work if it's available in your city. Sure. 
Um, um, but but yeah, I was specifically looking for a holiday season, like seasonal catering gigs again, because it's like a lot of money at once, but it's a lot of one-off gigs. It's pretty much non-committal, and so a lot of people do it for you know some extra holiday money or or whatnot. And it's pretty convenient. It's intense, but you know it's only for a few weeks. Define intense, meaning just like a couple, just bang, bang, bang. You got to do twelve-hour days. Like what's intense? Yeah, a lot of the shifts are you know like twelve hours or or whatnot. And of course they they run late because you're doing like oh this tech company's huge ass holiday party at this museum, and they drink a lot. Mm. <laughs> you know? And plus with the catering, depending on what kind of company that is or you know how they envision their their holiday hires. Sometimes you do have to stay for. You know, unloading the trucks and reloading the trucks, which is like the last thing you want to do with two at the morning, end, right? You know, oh, this is a lot of work holiday. holiday parties. Is it a lot of work? It's a lot of work holiday parties. No, it's just oh, holiday oh. parties in general. Sorry, what? You, you said there are a lot of work holiday parties, or are they just holiday oh. parties? Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, a lot of company holiday parties. Sorry, mm, I got you. But these big catering gigs, you know, like thousands of people. Uh, so it is kind of cool, uh, intense, and some 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 other gigs are a little bit easier if you have a shorter shift. Sometimes they'll just hire you literally just to show up, do your job, and leave, and not have to really do too much setup. Or I want to hear about the New Year's Eve one. Oh yes, that was so worth it. And <laughs> always bartend New Year's Eve. I can't believe I had forgotten that before. I've been too lazy. It's so worth it. As much as a shit show as it can be. That's a pro tip. Um, always work people New are pretty Eve. generous. Okay. Yeah, even if so, I worked at this crazy party. Um, at the Palace of Fine Arts, and the theme of it is like people who love fantasy, right? And, and not dirty fantasy, but like Lord of the Rings, mermaids, wizards, fairies, whatever. Like eleven rooms, different themed rooms, you know, fake snow, whatever. So it sounded like aerial acrobats and whatnot. It sounded kind of cool. Uh, yeah, the flat rate was high, and then it was open bar. It's like the kind of deal where you're paying like one seventy or something like that to get in. With the idea that it's open bar and the entertainment included, um, but even with open bar, people are really generous with tipping and whatnot. Um, but it was like crazy. I think for how much they paid, at least how things were at our bar, I would have been mad. I I feel like we, we ran out of stuff so early, mm-hmm. but apparently that was on purpose. Because like, I mean, isn't that how it always works? You know, it's like I open so, bar, and then like they they oh we're out of this, we're out of this, we're out of this. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then but there's like thousands of people there, so you're spending so much time waiting in line. Exactly. But then, so at first I was like, dang, we needed more stuff. But at the same time, when I was leaving and seeing the mess that everybody was in, I was like, uh, you guys did not need more booze. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> I don't think so. I was like, amateurs, amateurs. As much as you want to hate it, you're also like, give me your money. You know, <laughs> I, I went to an is. office party myself. You went to an office party? Yeah. See, I didn't have one this year because I'm not in an office. I mean, I've never I was, had one. I was, I was serving in all the office parties. But, um, oh my gosh, how was it? It's fantastic. <laughs> Was it for the museum? No, I, I went as a plus one for some... I mean, I didn't realize I would oh, be... Oh, you're a, the best plus I didn't, one. I didn't essentially... You know, I didn't know I would be a, almost like a plus one. I mean, it's like a small company, but I, I just went to go meet my friend. And I just assumed, you know, office party is pretty casual. But I show up and everyone's kind of like dressed up nice. They rented they a space out. out. Oh, yeah. And it's only the work people plus their plus one. Oh, it was off-site. It was off-site on the was weekend it? on a Saturday. Fancy. And I was like, oh, like I should have, you know, obviously underdressed. And I was, you know, but I did what I had to do. I talked to people. I chat. It's, it's fun. It's not my office, you know, but was I. Was it a company that actually had some money so that the party was nice? It was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, it was mm-hmm. really cute. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Right? Like it's also a window into a world in which you're not. Exactly. 
I was like, why would you want to hang out with your coworkers on a Saturday night? But hey, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but then also it's like the highlight of your year is to get super decked out for your office party. Exactly. Like that's, it's crazy how much time and money that people spend on their outfits. I was hoping for like um, office shenanigans. Like, the, you know, you always hear like at the office parties, like people do this, they hook <laughs> yeah. up, they get drunk. None of this happens. Xerox your butt, yeah. But we might have left a little bit early, but I feel like it's a weird space. Like, I don't want to see my coworkers drunk and, and going sloppy <laughs> and like being weird, you know? For some people, it's a bonding experience. Of course. I think it, yeah, it definitely depends on your age. Uh, some people can handle themselves, some people cannot. Right. Um, but I think it is, the, going off-site does have a different effect as well. It's like a, it's like a school trip. Yes, exactly. Grown-up school trip. And, well, okay, so, well, related to the office parties, my other catering gig is for a lady who makes crepes. She's from France. She's awesome. And it seems kind of random for me, too, but it was also another holiday-specific hiring um, process. So that was... And so this is, like, shedding light to me on New San Francisco that I've been behind on because I haven't been around but um, I guess like a little bit compliments my job search because it's kind of like, oh, these are a lot of the options out there now. Do I like this office layout? Do I like this culture? Because a lot of it's, you know, we take offices that have money, get catered food all the time. It's normal. Like there's one company we went to and some do it, you know, a few times a week, which is still great. But some companies do it like three times a day. They bring in three different caterers a day. You were trying to figure out if you like how like if these are potential places to work. Kind of inadvertently. Right. Like, I didn't realize it was like that, but you know, doing this breakfast and lunch heavy catering, you know, in office catering has, has, you know, shed light on that. Right. And I was like, man, this is the new normal for the Bay Area. I'm like, it's kind of awesome, but also like you brats. Oh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're all brats. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I knew that already, but now that I, you know, I'm in it more and more, I'm like, you get three meals a day from different caterers. Like, we're like having this caterer wait till we break down so he can set up because like you stacked us all. <laughs> back to back like this is insane like didn't you just eat an hour ago and you <laughs> you need to eat again this is crazy kind of awesome but also crazy but yeah they also they all have very similar office layouts similar kitchen layouts etc so even as a, a vendor i'm getting spoiled already for like oh like this kitchen's kind of small mm. like they have a coffee machine but they don't have they can't make lattes oh <laughs> i'm already Revolt. getting to be like Revolt. that Right? I was like, dang, this is terrible. But also opening my eyes to potential options. Is this something you will be continuing into the new year? Uh, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised that I've still been getting gigs. So my bartending g- catering gigs are done. But the crepe woman still has... I think, you know, um, some of the companies have their holiday parties after December, uh, which is normal if you're busy, you're not around. And so I, I've got a, I have had a few already this month, and I have a couple more, but I think not too much longer, which is a reminder to me that this whole time I was supposed to have been applying to other jobs, which I sort of have been, but at a very slow pace. 2018. 2018. I know this is this is more than I was doing last year, so that's true. Kind of like chugging along, like slow but steady. Yeah. So I have to change my vocabulary because I keep wanting to make fun of myself, and I realize that's probably negative. Like I'm sitting at negative energy. You believe in energy as, uh, being sent to get, out? To get how kind of like works. hippie. I mean, as much as I make fun of people who are like that, there is something to that. Like if you keep saying out loud, like "Oh, I'm a bum, I'm a loser," or whatever. Like even if you're like "Ha ha ha," it still like has an effect on your mentality. I think, as opposed to being like "Yes, let's do this." Like I'm a winner. <laughs> Self deception is the yeah, answer. Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's also like, the extreme, other extreme. Right, like right. I'm the shit. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a winner. <laughs> 
I'm a winner. You can do it. Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that was my, I guess that was my biggest, most recent accomplishment, or at least starting to accomplish in 2017. Fantastic. You're ending on a high I'm note. Going into 2018. I hope so. Yes. I'm, I keep keeping, keep on going. I mean, I could, I have more thoughts on this as well. We're at but, 16 um, minutes. Oh, I know. Okay, John, your turn. No, I mean, it's fine. I mean, so I, we can keep going in this vein. It's up to you. Do, do you have <laughs> more to bring to the table? A little, I mean, that's one quick thing yeah, is that, uh, you know, I feel like I couldn't argue, arguably have been in transition in terms of job stuff for, you know, a few years actually. But um, part of it, I think because with Instawork, it's way too easy to get sucked back into the industry. Um, you know, in December, I was good about keeping it to just holiday gigs because I was thinking like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do this for the long term anymore. And a lot of it, this realization comes with my mid thirties is I don't want to work at night anymore. <laughs> you don't want to work at night. Ooh. No, I know. Younger Margo would have been like, you're lame, but it's kind of nice having the option of going to bed at 10 PM if you want to. Not that I necessarily will all the time. So you but want to have, you want nice. to have the normal daylight hours or just normal hours? Um, either or. I know that sounds weird. I mean, as much as I hate being a worker bee and doing things that at the same time as everybody else, that it's crowded and whatever, whatever, there is value to having your time at night free okay. to me. So that was a realization. But then I'm also, I have a hard time saying no. So like, for example, I just, there was, there's this really cool restaurant in the city that's looking for a bar manager. And I was thinking like, no, but then I saw the hours and I was like, well, it's restaurant hours, not too bad. So I threw in my hat and I got an interview and I was so shocked. And there was a round two of the interview that they just got back to me about, and I was agonizing over it and I decided to turn it down. I mean, wait, just wait, wait, round wait. two. Why? It's not even a job offer. Oh, it's just you, round you're two. You're turning them down before they even offer. That's a nice move. I know. That's a very smooth move. <laughs> Thank you. But it has to do, you know, with my like realization, like, do I want to work that late anymore? And I, I kind of knew that, Got it. but I guess because it wasn't as late as before, it was like, oh, you'll get off at 1130 versus three in the morning. It, I realized that's still not good enough for me, um, but it's just tempting. It's like, you know, how, what do you say no to? You know, it's, you know, the whole learning to say no thing is, can be hard, especially if I find that if I, if I'm having a hard time getting a day job, I don't know yet because I haven't put out enough applications. I have been putting out a few, but I haven't reached that point of frustration yet that I feel like is normal. So that's been kind of interesting, like negotiating, like what you actually want stay focused, in a job. Right. Versus like, what can I do possibly because I've done it before? Um, but so that, that, there's that. And may I suggest uh, harvesting Ethereum and Bitcoin? Uh, that's that's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as a job? Yeah. <laughs> oh, should I just make my, make my house? That's right. <laughs> just, just turn it into a huge server farm. A mining center. Hey, yeah. If they pay me, then that's awesome. I think that speaking of interviews, that we should go over, you know, last episode, we talked about 52 Places Traveler, the New York Times were trying to find. They were trying to get somebody to uh, travel around and go to a new place every week in 2018. And today, they picked somebody. Indeed, they did. And let's, let's loop back around our last podcast. We predicted what kind of person would be chosen slash who we hoped would be chosen. Right. And the winner and- is... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And the winner is, her <laughs> name is Jada Yuan. Uh-huh. She looks mixed, I'm going to say. She's Chinese-American. Mm-hmm. She's mixed. And 
spot on. You know, um, I, I feel like your prediction came true. Uh, I'm going to go through a little bit of her background because you know this yes. is obviously this is right up our interest. And in, like, who who does the New York Times pick for this? They got a hundred like thousand applications or something, um, and you know it, it all happened today. So I'm going to go over mm-hmm. that. And from what I can tell, this is essentially what we're looking for. Uh, it looks like she's about middle-aged. She's Chinese-American. She's a writer. She's a journalist. I think she does celebrity profiles and she does stuff like that. And um, mm-hmm. she went to Yale. She has a degree in history. And right now she lives in Brooklyn. And I think she grew up in New Mexico, like really rural New Mexico. Yes. So even though, you know, she's not throwing into like sort of the Chinese-American stereotype of immigrant, you know. Uh, so I think that's another reason they probably picked her. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I saw the video that she did. She looks great. Um, unfortunately, you are not the traveler they picked. But that's cool. You know, there's always next year. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what, was, right. what were your thoughts? As if I had a chance. Um, yeah. So, so uh, harking back to our last pod where we had the prediction, I remember saying, oh, I think the winner is going to be either a South Asian American woman or a Middle Eastern Asian American woman. Or hoping to. And also, I, I had expressed hope that it would be an older person. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically not a millennial. Right. So I feel like this almost hit it on the head. Um, but we were saying, though, how in some way, I mean, it makes sense to pick a seasoned writer who you know who can be reliable and turn out content constantly for a year. Right. But at the same time, I think it's kind of unfair in terms of like, I feel like the, the, do- the job description's appeal was that, oh, we want everyone to apply. And I think that was more for them to have shits and giggles exactly. for themselves and say like, oh, look how many people applied versus like, Oh, but really, we're just gonna pick like we only had ten kind of qualified candidates, background. but everyone. Can yeah, apply. yeah. Full well knowing that, like, we're just gonna pick somebody you might expect us to pick anyway. Exactly. I mean, it was fun and cool, but also it was like, really, guys. <laughs> okay, but also, you also predicted that whoever would win would get a lot of hate. So this is my haterade coming out. I need to get out of my system. Mm-hmm. I'm just jealous. But really, she seems really cool. I think I'd probably want to be friends with her. Um, I actually, I haven't read her writing yet, but obviously we're going to read it. We're going to be following very closely. Oh, very closely. I feel like even though she grew up differently than we did, I have a feeling we're going to like, we're going to like her writing and her perspective a lot. Yeah. And her angle is like, you know, in her video, she talks about she's, um, you know, she's going to be a single woman traveling around and she just wants to really focus on being a woman and traveling. So, I mean, to be honest, that's right up her alley. So it's a genius move. It's very timely. You know, I feel like they picked a very timely candidate based on all the issues that have been coming up. They're always there, but have been more relevant uh, in our culture as of late. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, great job. Um, interesting point that you brought up, too, is that the the travel editor who had had chosen the person doesn't, does not work there anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know if she got promoted or she got fired. Sounds like she got fired. <laughs> or maybe that was her swan song. She's like, I'm Yeah. Um, I, I, after reading her sort of selection process, I was like, okay, I can see why she got fired. She says some questionable things. Uh, <laughs> she did, she really, kind of like she, very blunt. She's very judgy about like, she's like, oh, we have all these people and the construction workers and this and this and this. She's like, and then we went through the applications and somehow... You know, we were so surprised by how many people could like write good applications and submit good, you know, videos. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. And she was thinking, she's, yeah, she said like, oh, people you didn't expect to be able to write yeah. could write. And you're like, that's, that's code for classes. We know what that means. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like in terms of education and background, exactly. they chose someone very much, right, as you said, on brand. Yeah. For the New York Times. I mean, I guess the, the readership is, tends to be more educated, et cetera. But yeah, that was a little harsh. I, <laughs> I agree. Well, I agree. I think they should choose two people. Here's the thing. Like, you know, there are two people traveling background. this year. It's going to be me and you. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. We'll also be traveling. 
And this is true. That was 100% true. And I, Can't stop, won't stop. I mean, here's the thing. I think when we go sort on of. our eventual trip, um, Newsflash, we're going on a trip in March together. Uh, we have to make our attempt to, you know, either write about it or make a video about it. We got to do something because we're going to yeah, we need, need this as evidence for future sort of future. jobs that we may or may not want in this field, right? <laughs> that we may or may not want. This is true. Right. <laughs> Be prepared. Be prepared. So, yeah. Uh, let's talk about our, our future sort of plans because, you know, I have big plans to travel this year. Uh, I hope you do too. And more importantly, mm-hmm. we're going to reunite. Um, I don't yeah. think I've seen you the whole year. Is that correct? I think so. When's the last time I saw? Oh, was it when you were in San Francisco? Oh, right. No, that's a blatant lie. I just saw you like nine months ago. Anyway. Um, that's almost a year. That's it feels a like year. a year. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, close enough. But we're going to reunite in Taiwan and then go right to Vietnam. Right. And Taiwan is where we originally met. Exactly. So full circle. And then neither of us have been to Vietnam before. I'm going back to Taiwan for a wedding. And John also happened to be there because old John Yang is back. back. (laughs) Staying up all night, traveling, living places for long periods of time. Yeah. Old John Yang is back. I know. Thank goodness. (laughs) I'm starting to worry about myself. Excuse me? I'm starting to worry about myself. Really? Yeah. That... As in, like, you were becoming boring? You were becoming boring, uh, but it's I mean, that, I'm always like, boring, but as far as sort of, like, inside, <laughs> no. I was, like, you know, wilting. Um, but now that oh, I'm traveling, I'm excited, I'm, you know, I'm, like, planning, I'm, like, ooh, I'm going somewhere, you know? Mm. And I don't think necessarily the way I travel is really, is really that exciting anyway, but, like, I just will be somewhere else, you know? Well, but the way you travel is not the way a lot of people travel, so right. it's the John Yang style. I mean, it's been hard. It's been hard to find people who can travel for, like, months at a time. Um, no, it, this is very real. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to anybody. Um, Although I was just reading a stat that by 2020, at least 50% of at least U.S. workers will be freelancers. 50%? So I, think, I know. I was like, that's kind of high. And also, that sounds very unstable. Like, kind of cool, but also unstable. How, how is that but possible? if 50%? this is true, then you should be able to find more and more people with whom you can travel who have to work while you're traveling, right. but still can go with you. I hope we will be working while we're traveling. Oh, yes, we will be. We will be, right. <laughs> logging, logging. Logging, logging everything. Logging, yeah. vlogging, all kinds of... Oh, yeah, I should, bring, I should bring some stuff to vlog. Um, but, okay. Um, I also, this is kind of like an early plug, but I, I really wanted to talk about our mutual friend, uh, our mutual stocky, uh, the frugal traveler, which is right oh, up the yes. alley. Um, he, he's not somebody we actually know, but the New York Times also does a column called the frugal traveler. And, um, another, yes, writer, traveler, person we are into. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been doing this for years, I think. And he writes columns about it. Uh, interestingly, he's also mixed, you know, uh, half Asian, mm-hmm. half Chinese, Hapa. Hapa. Uh, so maybe this is like the New York Times. Chinese this is their thing. Um, yeah. That's, they're like, how do we move into the future? <laughs> let's choose. <laughs> like, let's just Hapa cut Hollywood it right people. in the middle. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, but his name is Lucas Peterson, and I, I almost met him arguably last week. I can't believe you almost met him. I was How so that close. Happen? Well, I mean, you know, I just had a friend who knows him, so they're like kind of like in the same area, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I didn't realize I had the opportunity to meet him, but I really would have liked to. You know what I'm saying? That would have been rad. I think he would have liked you. Also, I have one degree of separation from Lucas Peterson as you well. You also do. That's true. Do you want to share? Or I do. You do. Fantastic. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just leaving, I, was, I was just walking you down the runway for this one. I love it. Well, I mean, like no one listens to this podcast. That's anyway, true. That's so true. I'm like, oh, okay. So let's just. <laughs> so I um, I unbeknownst to me, I actually went on a couple of dates with his younger brother when I was tindering. Ha ha ha. So, so I found out later on. Well, we you know still talking to this person, but um, we're we're kind of friends still. 
uh, that he's the younger brother. So that's like, whoa, connections. And then John has a connection, too, through another friend. So we're like, we're hovering. We're like orbiting. We're or- orbiting. But, yeah. but we like it because we are also frugal travelers sometimes. Well, oftentimes. So I think a lot of the things that he writes, we are like, yes, we most of the time, I would say, agree. I think he's, yeah, legitimate frugal traveler. Because I think... You know, for some travel guides or travel writers trying to be on a budget, their budget is quite high, actually. And you're like, this is not real. Right. Like, this is not for a real backpacker. I don't know who your audience is, but that's not correct. But I feel like his is pretty much like what he says. It's a shame I didn't get to see how he lives. He, oh, he's, I, that's he's like, true. Maybe he's on a boat, just chilling out. I'm like, oh, this is all fake. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. You're just frugal for fun. Have you ever traveled sort of like luxury style? You know, like I have a lot of friends, you know, they travel like nice or like maybe they're on a honeymoon or they're not really like a holiday and like they travel like stay at not even just like really five star places, but they go to countries and they stay at just these beautiful Instagram worthy places. Do you ever travel like that? Mm, I think rarely more a little bit now that I'm an adult, but I think my 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 boyfriend, um, he's not a baller, but when he does travel like i think because he's he very much needs a break from it mm-hmm. all and so he will choose these like really beautiful like beachside airbnbs mm. and it'll be for a couple of days right. but i'll go with him and i'm i feel like i to this day i still am like oh my gosh this is not a hostel like, <laughs> holy cow they gave us muffins like it comes there's yogurt in the fridge like, <laughs> they give us body wash in the shower like all these things that you come that adults who travel nicely take for granted they're like oh i'm in a hotel like of course i didn't bring toiletries because they already have a, all this stuff here and a hairdryer and a towel and i'm like what oh my god still so like i guess the good part about that is i still appreciate nice thing i appreciate things um but yeah so i've been getting i've been getting there a little bit but not for the not for long term no more usually so far not more than like five days at a time okay. um what about yourself john Yang? um i'm a little concerned that i can't rough it anymore um, <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, you know, um, I, I got this like fancy backpack to like backpack around and stuff, but I haven't done that since, you know, maybe like right after college. Uh, I even, even back then I couldn't necessarily stay in certain hostels because they're just too crazy and dirty. Um, yeah, there and, are some really bad I've gotten there. exponentially more OCD. So I think the thing is when we travel, you're going to have to put me in check, you know, which is fine mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm sort of known as when I travel, like, um, you know, I step in poop and the sh- and the shoes get thrown out. I'm not washing it; it's gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm investigating a couple of things. I'm I'm looking. I'm really concerned about the laundry situation. So I was just, I was just going to say you're like a compulsive laundry compulsive, doer. Compulsive, almost. yeah. Well, like daily, which daily. is how. <laughs> so, but I found these I the sort of like just the soak laundry where you just soak it and you put it in this little packet and then you do your laundry and then you hang it. I guess. Have you tried that before? Uh, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to bring them on our trip. Don't worry. Wait, I'm confused, but okay. You don't have to do the laundry. You just do it in your sink. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> sorry. I'm confused. Okay, when I backpack, I do that anyway. I could, Or oh. I'll wash, like, stuff in the shower. But you have a kit for it? I mean, this is special stuff. A- it's like a little packet. that, like Maybe special chemicals. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I've never used it. Uh, oh, I don't know. No, I'm yeah. fascinated. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see this. I'm going to get yes. right on it. But, but, but at the same time, okay, so you're an interesting mixture. You have that. You're very clean. Mm-hmm. But you're good at being a budget traveler yes. in terms of like what you like to eat. Yes. It's that like you're like you want to eat the good street food, street stalls, right. hole in the walls. So I feel like you're an, you're a very easy traveler in that sense, yeah. and I feel like you get along with people very well. Yeah. So let's hope for the best. Yes, let's hope. For the yeah. Best. I hope. I hope we do get into some fights though on the trip because then we can pot about it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Have we ever gotten to a fight? 
Uh, no, but we also haven't traveled like for two weeks in a row. Yeah, not two weeks. Yeah, this is so true. Like, we've met, we've met up in several. Exactly, which is always joyful. The world. But in two or three weeks, people get sick of me real fast. Yeah, this is very yeah. true. But we're gonna be with other people as That's well. That's true. Well, maybe we'll get sick um, of them, but- so it's fine. Yeah, common enemies. <laughs> I mean, when you're group traveling, like it's like alliances form and, sp- and split and reform and whatnot. That's a good point. Or everyone can be chill. Right, right, right. It's a. I think we're both so accommodating, though. Like we're, we're like generally accommodating so. people. We will need a lot of bug spray. That's what I heard. V- Vietnam is actually a mo- in terms of Zika is like a moderate. Oh really? Zone. Oh right. I like. You're afraid. No! You're afraid of Zika. I am. Uh, I know. I'm usually not, but I, I just need to make sure I have enough DEET. Okay, Deed, that's cool. Uh, bugs yeah, spray I'm, and wipes, I'm about that. so it's not going to stop me from going. I'm still going to go. Should I be but. packing a fly swatter? I have this really great <laughs> fly swatter. Personal. It's this like ten dollar fly swatter from Amazon, and I got one for my sister mm. and I got one for me. But she got hers first. Do you want to like carry it around with you? Yeah, I mean it's very light like, and small. And here's the thing: George is like, huh. she's never missed with it. Every time she swings, Whoa. she gets the bug. Was that not the case before? No, because you know you've tried fly swatters before, right? Obviously. Yeah, they're great in general. Yeah. But like, it's true. I mean, this one is just, for some reason, the aerodynamics, it's so fast, you don't miss. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. I've never missed um, with it either. A- All right. Up to you. I mean, I guess my question is, are you envisioning swatting yourself? Like, if there's oh, a mosquito myself. on your body? Uh, good point. Or just like, if they're, we're in the room or wherever we're staying and you're like... Swat. I don't know. I'm going to find out. Okay. I mean, if it's not too much bother. <laughs> I'll, I'll swat around you. Don't worry your, about it. I see, I see more of your gadgets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm collecting many gadgets this time around. <laughs> New backpack, fly swatter, soak thing, laundry, mystery uh, device. There's also the shampoo and, I am dying to try. Oh, yes. This is, perfect this is the perfect, yeah, the shampoo story. I mean, it's just a lot of recommendations. This, again, is untested by me, but I gave it to George. Um, <laughs> Guinea pig, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, I read this article from one of my favorite writers, Molly Young, and it's titled, The Shampoo Replacement I Only Have to Use Once a Week. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the sh- thing you put in your hair. It's not even shampoo, but you don't have to rinse it out or anything. You just leave it in there. And I think eventually, well, maybe you do rinse it out, but then you don't have to wash your hair, but it keeps it. In- it's not like dry shampoo where it just makes it clean, but this makes it fluffy and everything. Like you, you put it, you use it in the shower. No, you do not oh, use okay, it in the shower. So I'm not sure. Are you supposed to not like put water on your hair um, in the meantime, like in between washes? I'm not entirely sure because the thing is, you know, I don't really have that long of hair, but you do. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm hoping I'll bring this bottle, a very pricey bottle of this stuff, and you will use it and tell me how it goes. It will be interesting because also Vietnam is tropical and I'll probably be sweating a lot. Oh, right. So this will be to the test. I don't know if it's it can... Uh, we'll see, we'll see, but it sounds great. I mean, your sister's been using it, correct? Or you're waiting um, for it? She's been using it for like a week. I haven't gotten the full review, but I'll, I'll link to okay. it. It's called Hair Story, New Wash. It's pretty I'm exciting. so excited. I'm very excited is, too. Yes. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> save the planet save water uh, yes save the planet hair. by flying everywhere um, yeah yeah but then don't shampoo your right. hair um, very often yes you know give and take should we talk about our fashion since we're right here yeah, yeah. speaking of fashion in 2018 let's talk about uh, well I would say I okay. This is a strong term, but I'd say fashion revelations. Um, well, I don't know. Okay, so when you are moving into a new fashion 
uh, phase. Yeah. Like for me, it's not okay. Some people have a deliberate like I'm going to do this now. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more uh, subconscious, or it's more I probably get incepted without knowing it. So it'll just be like a, an epiphany, like oh, I'm going to do this now. Okay, cool. Um, but what about you? Do you plan? Do you plan your fashion phases? Yeah, I, well, I never had a fashion phase you, until maybe like oh, just, three years ago. I I oh, I thought right. I did, but it was just bad. But now I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been very purposefully uh, changing what I dress recently. And so for this trip, I'm, I you know moving forward, I hope to have all new clothes. Um, oh my because goodness! Because I need to switch it up because I've been wearing the same clothes for like three years. No, no, no but during the time I've known you, uh-huh. you have switched it up. Well, first you went from having hair to having right. almost no hair again, right. and then now you have hair again, and then you went from doing the blousey pants to like these Buddha pants. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, these like sort of skirt pants. Boot, I just want to call them monk pants or something. Right. I mean, I discovered denim That's, three years ago, so that was like big for me. Oh, true. You yeah, true. You have many denim yeah. pieces. Now I'm I'm kind of going. I'm kind of well. I'm moving off of black. I'm moving off of black into what? grays and whites. Not, not a huge difference. I was white before, but uh, <laughs> no, white is crazy. Yeah. But I'm kind of go- I'm going normcore. But after the normcore trend is over. Yeah, exactly. So I'm always three years normcore. behind. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, why are you why are you going normcore? Um, I think just mainly because yeah, I can't I can't be wearing you know uh, like it's getting colder. Winter is here. Uh, you know, I was in New York recently. It's freezing, and oh, so obviously I can't wear these you know linen skirts everywhere. Because it's freezing. Linen skirts, that's I was like, should I wear my thermals under the linen skirts? I can't do it. So I had to buy some normal <laughs> jeans. I, I bought another pair of skinny jeans the other day. Um, Whoa. Yeah, it's big because, you know, I need to look different. I bought some boots. Um, I bought new hats. You boots? You know, I just kind of redid all the stuff that I had before. But, you know, I bought some more jackets. So, yeah. I cannot admit, I can't picture you in boots, to be honest. Well, I can't. Wow. I can't wait to show them to you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, who are They're you? They're Brad Pitt's boots. Where's John Yang? I don't know what that I means. I know. Do they, do they look like hiking boots, like fashion When you Google boots, them, sort of? the first photo that comes up is Brad Pitt wearing them. So oh, thus, I got them. It's a thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's a thing. Wow. It's a thing to me. Um, but yeah. Okay. And uh, Also, yeah. for you, you had mentioned uh, in passing conversation, you asked the question, how many fanny packs is too many? <laughs> right. And I, this is something that I've been wondering about. <laughs> uh, I have this problem where I just keep on buying them. But your fanny packs are small. I know, but the thing like is, uh, American Apparel stopped buying. I mean, they stopped making them. Oh, that means they're not trendy anymore. I mean, yeah, they're out. But like, because I can't find them anymore, I had to like search other sources. Oh man! And that involves sort so of like, like buying like other what? ones. Uh, there's this company online called Bird and Ape. They make a comparable okay. sized one, but um, there's a little pocket issue that I want another little pocket. Very comparable. Uh-huh. Um, at this point, I feel like I should just make them. But I've been buying like just smaller ones, sturdier ones, ones with more pockets. Um, so yeah, I've been testing them out. So I'm, I might possibly bring like three or four on our trip, which seems wow. extensive. Not for compared to how many you have, right? Yeah, I probably have like ten. But there's small. I have one, and I need to use it more. Yeah. And perhaps this trip will be a, an opportunity to bring it back out. Yeah, I mean, mine is very normal size. It's not like I mean, it's like from a, a surf company, so it's a little bit cool. Wait, what, what kind of surf? But not. What is it? Tell me more. Oh, no, I can't remember. I got it in Costa Rica a year ago, but I think it's an, an American surf company, and I forgot the name of it because I haven't used it in a while. Because it has, you know, it's a chevron, multicolored chevron print. Yeah. Um, so the, I think that what I didn't realize at the time is because I like stuff with a lot of prints on it that sometimes bringing some of the stuff together doesn't go. Like, it'll clash on purpose to and look cool to me, but this fanny pack with all the other stuff that I usually wear, I can't really pull it off. So that's why I haven't been using it as much as I want to. Wait, how, how light are you traveling? For like two weeks, like how light, yeah. I want to be light, 
lighter than I probably actually will be. Like, I don't want to check in any luggage. No, oh, should um, I plan? Yes, no luggage, right, no luggage. I mean, no, but you but you and Kavi are, you know, you're coming off a longer backpacking trip, so I can understand if you have more No, no, I mean, I'm bringing, like, a lot of stuff to Taiwan, but the actual little trips, I'd like to bring oh, also as yeah. little as possible. I've traveled for 10 days, et cetera, with pretty small stuff. And I mean, it'll help that Vietnam, I mean, as gro- as tropical as it will be, yeah, yeah right, so I'm not going to have to bring, like, a winter jacket, et cetera, bulky things like that. The, maybe I'll have to bring hiking boots. Like it's, it depends what we like, end up doing. In my research, um, I've probably, discovered like the world mm. of backpacks in backpacks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's up, right up your alley. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't packs. know this was like a thing. It's like, you know, the little backpacks that fold into like a small like bag and then you can put mm-hmm. it into your big bag as your day pack. And then your big mm-hmm. one's like your big one. I was like, oh, I, lo- like, I love the world of outdoors gear. Oh, there's no end to there's how no end. crazy they get. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of my European backpacker friends who would detach a smaller backpack from their big yeah. backpack, and I was like, what? I know. That's <laughs> like a, a magic trick. I'm following this uh, blog about backpacks, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> See, packs are your thing. Yeah, packs are. Um, they're expensive as shit. One of my German, one of my German friends uh, who's half English made this astute observation about a lot of the German backpackers in New Zealand, because it's so common for them to go for a year, and often then straight out of high school and their parents are all worried about them so they buy them like top of the line gear and when they're not necessarily doing anything that hardcore right. and so my friend was like you can always tell German backpackers because they look like astronauts <laughs> I was like this is spot on so I think one of the companies they would use it's called Jack Wolf and uh, that is like some pretty apparently pretty good backpacking gear for the Germans I don't know if it's American do, or do or I need to muss up do. my new stuff a little bit so it doesn't look like I'm just this shiny pearl <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> I'm sure it'll, it'll get it'll get dirty anyway. Probably. I hope um, not. Not the places we're going to be staying. Five stars. Bro, I think we can over there. Okay. Because different economy. Different right? economy. So I feel like right. we can... Right. So I feel like our dollars will go very Fantastic. far. So we might be able to actually travel in at least semi-luxury style, I think. We're going to save all our money for the food. Oh, the food is so cheap. I know. It'll be like a dollar for a pho. Oh, it's going to be a I'm thrill. I'm so excited. We're going to eat... Five. Okay, the advantage of being in a group, as we've been before, we can eat multiple times a day if we share. I mean, you do that already, and so do I, so it's fine. I mean, I eat once a day, but Some when I travel, don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, you don't eat that much at a time. So, yeah, I we'll actually be browsing can. I wish at all I could, times. But I really can't. I hope our schedules yeah, will be so fine. And the thing is, when I travel, I'm actually excellent at schedules. Like, I can wake up and like mm. do stuff all day when I travel. Oh, yeah, yeah. In my too. normal state, I can't. Right, like the morning person thing, I'm like, hell yeah. no. But traveling, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, all right, fine, let's do this. Okay, good. Okay, and then one last fashion thing that goes from 27. This to is not last. This is a huge issue because you talked to me about ties. Is this, oh, is this yes. where you're coming from? <laughs> this is where let's I'm go. coming from. Yeah. Exactly. Let's go. Let's go. So, <laughs> again, ties for women have always been out there, but recently. Um, You'd think that having to wear a tie for catering would turn me against ties because I hadn't done catering and that having to wear the bistro style for years. So I was like, crap, I have to buy a new tie and all this crap. Pro tip, you can buy a $1.50 tie at Daiso. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I cut mine too. I didn't feel bad about cutting it because it was too long. (laughs) It was $1.50 plus tax. Um, Side note, after I got into my tie phase, I went to my neighborhood Goodwill to check out their tie selection. And I was like thinking, six ninety nine for a used tie, isn't that kind of high? Shouldn't it be like two dollars or three dollars? Mm-hmm. Um but I noticed that somebody had sold this goodwill all these Daiso ties with the tag still they on. They made a profit. So I was like 
they made a profit. I was like, I don't know how profitable. I mean, they're probably making like five dollars, <laughs> but still, they're buying these dollar fifty ties, selling them to Goodwill for obviously more than, than like three times more, and, and then Goodwill sells them for six ninety nine. I'm like, man. whoa! I know. I was like, someone's running a racket here. That's <laughs> dang. But I was like, I know. I was like, I know. So, <laughs> so because of that, okay. So catering, then I was like, oh, ties plus. I was watching Peaky Blinders season four, mm. and there's this a short scene when Helen McCrory is working and she's wearing a tie, and I was like, oh, that's such a cool look with a tie clip. So then I was like, okay, let me just not waste money and try to use my dad's and my brother's ties, but I realized I think I like skinny ties. I never had one before. Yeah, what kind of ties are they wearing? Skinny ties sounds douchey, no, so I but I love I skinny ties. Like, what are you talking about? Old school ties really are really too yeah. fat. So skinny ties apparently are two inches um or maybe a little are bit you wearing a tie clip with them i ordered a tie clip off of etsy I yes i've never had that before i want to I, I wanted to make a tie clip company years ago oh my goodness yeah. i gotta show you this tie clip that inspired me because my friend had it and it's probably about an inch so it's a mini tie clip and it mm. looks great it's That's super so plain but just mini mini is striking less is more in that sense so you're going yes, only for clip. skinny ties uh yeah i think part of it has to do with the fact yeah, oh, I think because I'm, you know, smaller than a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Some guys are my size, so I just feel like it would just match better. What are you pairing them with? So, um, so I, so a lot of I realized because when we had our talk about fashion uniforms many months ago, and I was like, I don't know if I have a uniform, but I do have a lot of uh, blouses, like collared button-down blouses. So I was thinking, oh, this this is so so great. I was like, I have a, a bunch of shirts that need ties anyway. So just color coordinating. Uh, okay, now satiny, shiny finish skinny ties with my shirts. <laughs> and I was going to go for crazy ties. And I realized, again, I have a lot of loud clothing. So I kind of need to go solid ties for now. But I'm very keen on acquiring floral print skinny ties. Specifically, I would like Aloha print. But anyway, when I was looking at the floral ties, apparently that's just like reserved for weddings and stuff. I was like, what? That's lame. Why are floral ties reserved time. for weddings? Not reserved, but a lot of the the listings I'd seen had it said, "Oh, for skinny tie, for skinny tie for wedding." Right. I was like, "Why? Why? Just enjoy your life and wear floral tie whenever." Eventually, if this want. becomes like your thing for a while, that, um, for example, mm-hmm. somebody will give you a tie, and like a father, you'll be obligated to wear it, even though you hate it. Ooh, that's a good question. That happened with my mom and scarves mm-hmm. when she was a teacher, right. like neck scarves. Right. She <laughs> didn't actually like them that much, but. She started a cycle. She'd wear the ones that she received, and people thought, oh, she likes them. So she has a crap load. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how long this phase lasts. Like, I'm trying not to spend too much money on it because I don't know how long the phase will last. But I'm excited about it. Also, I'm learning new ways to make a tie shorter mm. because cutting ties is probably not the best <laughs> way to treat them, even if they're cheap. Right. But I was like, but they're too long, and I don't want to, I don't want to like, tuck it into the button because then it's, you have this like piece of cloth like down wait your did shirt you know how to tie a tie of, before i actually did oh, okay. but only because when i was in west side story in high school Ooh. and i had to play like a lesbian shark i had to one of my outfits involved wearing a tie is that in the story That's how I learned how to tie west side tie. story involves lesbian sharks no we had a modern oh, we had a modern okay. updated Excellent. version of west side story where i was a lesbian shark okay. so obviously i was a butch one because i had to wear a tie so. obviously <laughs> That's why I learned how to tie a tie. But with catering, I learned how to tie the same knot. Double Windsor is all I know, but I learned to tie it better. Okay. Because I was like, "How? Why is my leg so loose and like not as, as triangle looked like upside down triangle?" And I realized I needed to pull it tighter. <laughs> revelations, fashion revelations. But how to make it shorter without ruining it? The tie clip is key in that. 
because like you can it's like genius but i never thought of it you just have to double it up you have to just fold it again the the skinny Skinny ties the bottom's always flat is that correct like it doesn't Uh, do that triangular sort of point or does it matter doesn't matter it still has a triangle yeah yeah okay i think just the widest part is about two inches and they just you can flip the bottom and just make it sort of like perpendicular and like sort of double it up right it's like Mm. folding it in half again and then and then securing it with a tie clip so that flattens out the loop part and so you kind of can't notice that you're doubling up the bottom i love it revelations anyway i'm into it is this your new item is there anything else that i should know about for fashion no just trying to keep a, a whole, uh, you know, not go too crazy with buying too many tie clips or whatnot. You can resell them for value, good, apparently. Well, the problem is I bought one set of ties super cheap off Amazon, uh-huh. and it kind of fell up. One of them fell apart already. <laughs> These are one-use ties. I mean, I think I can fix it, but it, I was like, oh, they really are cheap. That's fine. They can be one-use. So I just wear them one night and, and toss them. Right, or I can just sew it back. Sew it right, back up. Oh, sewing back up. We should put that on our list um, for but things I just wanted- to do. Learn how to sew. I know. I need to relearn how to sew. I've tried in the past and I abandoned it, but it's a really good thing to know mm. how to do, especially if you're into fashion the way that we are. <laughs> the way that we are. Yeah. Like you can make your fanny forever tags. Forever You can make more ties. Yeah, yeah forever 21. Uh, All right. So that's fashion revelation. Fantastic. Um, so it sounds like uh, you've you've done musicals before? One or two in my, my time. What did you do? I didn't know you were a musicals person. No, I actually, I really can't sing. Like, <laughs> this is a high school glory days and glory days, like being a member of the, the core, not the, not the principal. But I actually took chorus in high school for three years. I took acting for a little bit oh. and also middle school. That's it. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm not, learning so much about you. I'm not a good performer. Oh, thank you. I also took dance. and <laughs> But my high school even was, you know, college preparatory, but it had a strong emphasis on the arts. So basically what that meant was that at some point, at least half the student body ended up in at least one kind of production, whether, I mean, we had an emphasis on technical arts, fine arts, performing arts, all kinds of arts, but you ended up on stage at some point during your time in my high school, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, musical, play, one act play, band or whatever. Um, So senior year was West Head Story and everyone was super excited. So you had a separate singing audition and a separate dance audition. And so I got in as a dancer, even though <laughs> I had been in chorus for three years. So this shows, this proves I really can't sing. I was an alto anyway, so you're just kind of doing the beat. I used to be able to sight read a little bit vocally, but I've lost all that ability. What were you in? West Side Story, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, for musicals, that was the one and done. That was it. I was in um, the Festival of One Act Plays before. I was in a bunch of choral and dance productions. Um, actually, in college. <laughs> In college, this is embarrassingly hilarious now, but for some reason, when you do a culture show, there's always some kind of hip-hop dance. Of course. (laughs) Right. So for the Chinese Students Association culture show, for at least two years, if not three, I would be a dancer. And it it would usually be in one more traditional dance and one contemporary dance, which would be more hip-hop. This is in college? Mm Mm-hmm. Also. Margo, I didn't didn't know you had this in you. I mean, I don't really. You saw me uh, fail like miserably at Bangra, but I like I liked doing it. Oh, the funny thing with college was that um, there was this cool uh, dance troupe that I auditioned I auditioned for multiple times and I never got in, but I kept trying. Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is like me. Like, oh, what ha- what happened to that sense of persistence and not caring or not realizing that you're bad? And you're just like, let's keep going. Yeah. What I- <laughs> like, I don't think I was terrible, but I wasn't like good. 
but I liked it. Put it that way. That, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta try out for things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. I think when I was younger, I was a good dancer, but more like ballet. So that's I think why I thought I could dance as an older person, even though. I didn't really. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I think humans have. You know, we're built to move to rhythm and whatnot. So people who say they can't dance or don't like to dance, I think that's not really true. Maybe it's not in front of other people, but I think no. I'm going to go ahead and say that a lot of people just can't dance. <laughs> someone who's as someone who's been in dance troops, John, you're like no. <laughs> I mean, I've been told multiple times that I can't dance, so I understand how it works. Yeah. I get blasted for it. Okay, dance is a strong word. Maybe just say yeah. Move, everyone can movement. move. Everybody can move. Not everyone can dance. And you should. And you should yeah. move. It's po- you're supposed yeah, to. I, I concur. So anyway, um, I was in New York, you know, about a month ago. And I had one of the best nights of my life. And I don't want to go into Goodness. details because, you know, it's, it's really oh only my. important to me because it's like, uh, if you're big into musicals, there's two bars I want to recommend. The first one is called oh. um, Cummings House, which is Alan Cummings' uh, bar. Oh, yeah. wow. And so he does sort of like a cabaret show and, or he used to be in the um, play cabaret or the musical. And so every night he just had friends come and they'd sing and hang out and stuff. And they turned that into a real location. So you go there on certain nights and they have, Lots of interesting acts. And then one night we went, it turned in, you know, it was a musicals night and people piano bar sort of, and they sing and they perform, which is all good. Very, very, very great. But then around midnight, we went to this another place that I really want to recommend if you're into musicals and it's called Marie's Crisis. Um, it's in huh. the West Village. It's a small piano bar, like a divey piano bar. And all people do there is sing musicals. That's it. But like, oh deep, man, like West Side Story is nothing. That's like nothing to them. You know, and I, I watch a lot of musicals. I know a lot of musicals. Um, I'm more of like Andrew Lloyd Webber, but like these people mm-hmm. knew it. Like they're clearly all in like high school musicals, college musicals. They knew all the words. Amazing. You know. Damn. And so, do you watch Glee? Uh, admittedly, I've seen the entire series. I love yes. it. Okay. Do you know who Blaine is? <laughs> of, course. of course. So he was there. What? When you were yeah, there? Yes. So we walk in, and he's there. This is New York Dream. This, this is, by the way, Margaret. This was like the night of my life. And so he's hanging out there and I'm like, oh, he's not going to sing. Like, I mean, this is obviously his place because, you know, like he come, he must come here. He's like a God in this, in this space. Right. Wow. But no one's talking to him because, you know, he's, he's, he's a celebrity. He's hanging out. Um, but then, you know, about an hour into it, me and my friend are just hanging on the corner. I'm like, we can't leave. We have to see what happens. You were there for an hour. Wow. No, no, we were there for an hour just watching him before anything happened. Uh-huh. We were there for five hours. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're, no, we we're probably there for no, maybe three to three to four hours. Uh, because, Decent. you know, after a while, like, like some other celebrities roll in, you know, um, like sea level celebrities like Patricia Clarkson and Eric Ramirez. Oh, like, yeah. Nobody like super famous. Dude. But, no, but they're back in the day. They were like, the they're huge. here. They're here. And I'm like, they're going to make him perform because obviously, you know, they're here. And of course, he got up and performed and he used to be in Hegwake, I guess, which I've never seen. Yeah, I missed it when he was here in San Francisco for it. But I heard he was awesome. Yeah, so he started doing that. Um, oh. apparently he, you know, he, he went to Michigan. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll talk to him, but I didn't want to talk to him. Uh, but then he got in the piano and he did a little Latin. He did a little Les Mis and like a little medley. Just, he just did stuff. And me and my friend were freaking oh out. God. Keep in mind, this is the thing that about New York that can, can't be replicated because it's like, it's an, it's a Monday night, you know, mm-hmm. we're out till mm-hmm. three in the morning. And after that, I didn't stalk on Instagram, but my friend did. They went to another piano bar. Where they oh because she saw them on Instagram yeah I mean I don't know why I didn't think of stalking them right as they were going because they're essentially Instagramming the entire night oh know? lord um, yeah so yeah so it turns into just like an amazing time for me and it, it really so they went to another karaoke bar or piano yes. bar 
Um, that one's called, I think it's called Duplex. So if you're into okay, New York, geez. and I mean, if you're in New York and you're into, you know, musicals, you're into piano bars, <laughs> let me recommend them all. Marie's Crisis, Duplex, Cummings Club. My goodness. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing night. <laughs> yeah. Um, Welcome back to planet Earth. John. Thank you. Yeah, you I'm back. Okay? I'm back. Yeah. Are you like, Ugh, not everything sucks now? I know, it's, all, it's all downhill from here. But it, and it is, you know, it's the highlight. Um, so now I can start 2018 right. Oh, that's true. Like on high spirits, you know. <laughs> um, also, it occurs to me before we go that I do have an additional mm-hmm. plug that you will be plugging, actually. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, let's hear um, it. I want to plug your friend's podcast, PassingNotesPod.com. Oh my goodness! Yay! You know, actually, I need to listen to it still. Don't worry, I listen to it for <laughs> us. Oh, great. Which one, which episode or episodes did you listen to? Oh my God, Virginia, if you're listening, (laughs) John loves your podcast. Yeah. I want to put a plug in for, I'm going to read from their website and then you give us your background on who this person is. I have no idea who this is in relation to your life. I just, you were just like, I have a friend starting a podcast. There's two of them. I'm like, cool. I'll listen to it. It's called Passing Notes in Class. Uh, Their, their sort of description is a pop culture podcast rooted in nostalgia hosted by best friends since seventh grade. Um, and who are these people? Tell me. Right. Well, I, I brought this to John's attention because I was like, oh, it's another podcast of two good friends talking about pop culture, et cetera. So, hey, so I know one of the podcasters' name is Virginia, and we lived in the same hostel in London back in end of 2005 and beginning of 2006. So she's from Seattle, and she's a theater person. Exactly. For sure. Uh, yeah, she, so she went to grad school in the UK. But she she actually ended up marrying a British dude who she actually met in Korea, <laughs> random, right? When they were teaching English, um, but they now they live back in Seattle. So Virginia is I would thought this is perfect for her because she she's a great performer. She's she has a great presence. She's hilarious. Um, she's you know I think maybe just one year younger than I am, maybe about the same age. And so and also I have to give credit to that podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, now I'm going to after this. But on Instagram, you know, there was, they're very consistent with their their production schedule. When it first started, they said, we're going to post a new pod once a week. And they have been because then they have great... We're on episode 11. Their, they're on 10. Yeah, and they just... Exactly. <laughs> it started like, like two months ago. <laughs> wait, wait, how, long, how long have we had our podcast? Uh, like let's a not year talk and a about half? that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, were you like every other month or something? <laughs> so that's, that's super tight. Um, and it's a very cool way for I guess for her in some ways like oh homecoming actually I don't know where her best friend is whether she's in Seattle as well or not but yeah so this is who uh, this person is to me oh one more fun fact about Virginia is that so when we were living in our hostel that does not exist anymore um, in London oh it was for our visa program so it's basically a lot of American kids some other a couple Canadians but our roommate that's uh, was like th- us three Asians and then everybody else so we're like yeah well, she's um, Korean and Caucasian, but that was part of our bond. We're like we were like the three Asian girls <laughs> in the hostel. I love it. But yes, one of, one of my traveler friends. So very cool. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for staying with us for this hour-long podcast of uh, our first one of 2018, episode 11 of the Redo. Uh, this is Margot and John signing off this time, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.